Coming up this time up on the Arantia Radio Podcast, Diane Lebrecht talks faith, her personal journey with Jesus, and all about answering the call with love. Our good friend of the North shares some of her story and how the Arantia book came in to her life. It's a really just an amazing story. Also, I want to say thanks to the Arantia Fellowship, who recently gave this podcast a great mention in their most recent uh, newsletter. I appreciate that so much. I'm humbled by that. Uh, I have since that time heard from quite a few people who are also students of the Arantia book and who happen to listen to the podcast. So, so much great enthusiasm and just truly wonderful support. Thank you for that. I also want to thank one person for turning me on to a paper that was written by a man named Mark Kuliecki. Some of you might remember the last name Kuliecki. This was written in 1991. Mark gives his personal account of the birth of the divine revelation. I will probably uh, post that on my site once I get permission to do so. just want to make sure it's all right to do it. It's, a, it's an incredible story. You can read it, a fascinating recital of events from someone who has known about the revelation since he was five years old, going back to the 1910s. That's Mark Kuliecki. We'll talk about that perhaps in the next podcast and also go over some Q&A from listeners who've been sending in some great questions that I want to get to. So we'll get to all that in the next podcast. But for now, I do want to get to our interview with Diane Lebrecht here on the Arantia Radio Podcast. Diane Lebrecht, uh, how, what's a proper introduction to Diane Lebrecht? Because I know you're just a master of many trades. How, would you, how do you want people to know you? Diane is a lover of Jesus, and uh, she's working with and for Jesus. And she's had a career, a triple. I've been blessed to have uh, uh, been allowed to, exp- uh, to um, have three different careers first, as a younger girl, I was a uh, high fashion designer and uh, designed collections and uh, trips to New York, uh, to the collections and blah, blah, blah. And then after that, in health field, naturopathic field, health for the body. And now I'm into spirituality full time, health of the soul. And so I'm very happy that uh, Jesus just waited quietly, patiently, okay, you know, you can do what your thing in fashion, and I love art and beauty, and, you know, so what a beautiful field to work in, and then after that, health has always been my, uh, another passion of mine, even when I was uh, in fashion design during the holidays, I would, I would not go on vacation to, uh, uh, in in that particular field, but I would go in uh, different countries or wherever it would bring me to go do some research in the field of health and natural healing and all that. And so uh, it turned into one year I got this uh, guidance, this inspiration uh, to uh, let go of the fashion world. And uh, I took a year sabbatical and it turned over, and then uh, what was my uh, hobby became my profession, and what was my profession before became my hobby, and uh, 
after this, a few years of that, and successful at that too, I had many, uh, if we can say patients or clients, hundreds of uh, people I helped uh, with great results, and that made me so happy. And uh, in the meantime, I was always adding a note of spirituality here and there for whoever had an ear to hear. And so uh, it turned out that uh, now I'm into uh, serving uh, God in Jesus uh, full time. I'm, I'm thinking that to myself, you know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Everything from healthcare <laughs> and how the body works, how the mind works, how people are attracted to fashion. That is well said. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. so and so someone like you, uh highly highly intelligent, you've been reading the Arantia book for a long time. When did you start reading it and what was what was, how did it find you? Well, that is the um that is the uh a special question for me to answer because I guess uh God chose he chooses his way to approach people and so having been a christian all my life i'm in uh, as you know i live in montreal quebec in canada and uh, quebec is known as being a christian it was there all my life every street corner so for us we were all in love with jesus and god and the holy spirit and and so it was very easy and i remember as a little girl when I was, uh, my God, I had just started school, I guess. It must have been, I must have been six or seven years old. And I think I told you, Jim, before that I come from a family of 12. And so, uh, and you will see, I'm not, uh, I'm taking this time to answer your question because you will see how it connects to now. Sure. And I remember one night uh, going to bed and being brought to heaven. And uh, it was very, very, very clear in my mind and experience. And so as a, a young little uh, girl, I, in the next morning, I got up to go for breakfast and I came downstairs. And just as I couldn't wait to tell my mother, you know, I remember getting in the kitchen and uh, in those days, you know, everything was made by hand, the, the oatmeal, the, the eggs, the bacon, the coffee, everything. And so I said, Mommy, 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 guess what? Last night I was taken to heaven. It was so beautiful. And she answered, I don't hold a grudge. I didn't hold a grudge against her because I realized that she was a mother of so many children and she with no, uh, no helper. She was the only one taking care of us while my father was working and she answered to me yeah 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 okay Diane okay all right just go have your breakfast because I want to make sure that you get to school on time and you know you don't miss or whatever and I went like oh my god so all this to say that it was it was quite a uh, a bummer, you know, as an answer, yeah. but she did what she had to do. And so I learned to keep it to myself. And so throughout my life, I lived um, uh, many experiences that I see Jesus, because when I mean Jesus, I always include the Father as well, because the Son and the Father are one. But the way the experiences I lived happened, they were through, with and through Jesus. And so throughout my life, many times I experienced that. 
uh, and kept it to myself and so on and so forth. And uh, on December the 14th, 1990, I will remember for eternity, and you don't, like I tell people, if Jesus visited you, you would remember for eternity. So I remember I was in my house on the south shore of Montreal, and it was 3 in the morning exactly. I was sleeping, sound asleep in my house, and all of a sudden, my two eyes opened, and I was awake. And I remember the first uh, reflex I had was to turn to the left and look at my clock. You know, in those years, in 1990, we had the clocks with the red numbers, you know, lit up at night. Of course. And so I remember it was three zero zero, three o'clock sharp. And when I turned back, I saw at the foot of my bed, and this is all the truth, 100%, God is my witness. I saw uh, three at the time. I had never heard of the word Urantia. I did not know of the Urantia book. I had not done anything. And so... Um, All I know is I saw at the foot of my bed on the right side, I saw three men, and the way I interpreted it in my mind, I called them the three wise men, because there was so much wisdom emanating from them. It was like, I cannot easily define it, but that's that's what I summarize the thing, the three wise men, and lo and behold... All of a sudden, to my right, the right of my bed, Jesus appeared. And it was, I was, um, how should I say, frozen in my bed. I was given to see and hear everything, but I could not, I did not have the control of my body, if, if you understand what I mean. I could not have moved my leg or, or uh, stretched my arm or whatever. The only thing I could do was when I woke up, I turned my head to the left, saw three o'clock, turned right back, and then Jesus appeared. And all this to say that I'll make it short because... <clears throat> It was very, 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 very profoundly personal. But let's say that Jesus allowed me to be taken to heaven again and to experience realities of the universe that that when I came back hours later in my room, in my bed, um, I was totally, totally, totally transformed. I did not know how to... To, to 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 put words to what I had experienced, and uh, it went into seven phases, seven steps, and uh, all this to say that day I remember it was a Monday, and I was teaching I think it was Monday I was teaching yoga, and at my house and at supper time, when uh, one of my students um, uh, came to my house. She, I opened the door to welcome her, and she was outside at the bottom of the stairs and on the front lawn. And she looked and said, oh, my God, Diane, there's a beautiful light all around you. And I felt literally for about two or three days, I felt I was levitating. It was just undescri- indescribable or undescribable. And so <coughs> let's move on. 
months later, a few months later, naturally what I had experienced, I could not tell anyone because, first of all, I did not know the words to describe where and what and, and all that happened and how it happened and all this. And uh, so I kept it again to myself, like many other experiences uh, that I had lived in uh, previously, but this remains to be the greatest of my life so far. And uh, all this to say, after a few months, one day we were going, I was going with a man to a business meeting to uh, <coughs> a celebrity, someone uh, very well known here. And so I was driving in his limousine with him, and he was sitting on the back and being driven, and I was on the uh, side seat. And I was looking at him, and uh, his name was Marcel, and I asked him, I said, uh, Marcel, what is this book? It was like this big brick. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I asked him, what is this book you're reading? It looks like a Bible, you know, an extension of a bi an extensive Bible. He said, oh, you don't know about the Arantia book. <clears throat> and I said, uh, what? The you, 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 one, you what book? The Arantia book. And I said, no, never heard that. <laughs> what is it all about? He said, it's about spirituality. And just because he had been reading silently as we were being driven to the meeting. And so he said, oh, listen to this. And he started to uh, read. Uh, he had the French version, mm -hmm. actually the very uh, first uh, translation that came out in French. And so... Um, I, he said, listen, and he started to read to me. Now imagine that what Jesus allowed me to experience months before has never left me one minute of my life. And so when he started to read and the words that came out of his mouth, and it rang like it, if I had been hit by a bell on the back of my head, and I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God, where can I get this book? Where can I find this book? And he said, oh, I have them. I have uh, some in my uh, trunk. I buy them by the box, and I, when I meet someone who's uh, ready to, uh, to read it, I offer them as a gift, uh, you write a book. And I asked him, I said, oh, can I have one, please? When? He said, yeah, when we come back tonight, uh, I'll be happy to give you one. And that's how it started. So we went to the meeting, blah, blah, blah. We came back. And then I still remember the time. In what, because when those things happen in your life, you remember the minutest details. And so <coughs> I remember it was um, 12, 15 at night, like 15 past midnight. And so uh, we got out of the limousine, and he asked the driver to open up the trunk. And then uh, he opened his trunk and... There was a big cardboard box full of, box, uh, of uh, books. And then he said, here, Diane, here's a book for you. And I remember I received it. I took it. Uh, he po he uh, placed it on my left hand. And then I put my right hand on it, you know, like mm -hmm. my two hands. Uh, the book was between my two hands. And I remember putting my hand on it, uh, Jim, and feeling that it was so precious it was so this it was not human book it was 
again, it's hard to describe. Our, our human language is very, very limited. And so all this to say, 1215, I remember I hugged him. Thank you so much. And <clears throat> he said, by the way, in the limousine, as we were driving, he said, oh, and by the way, it's interesting because there's going to be a big conference uh, coming up to Montreal. It's going to be called IC93. And it's interesting because if I remember correctly, he said that it was coming to, it actually did come outside of Montreal, and that they had decided, I think it was the first international conference outside of the United States, and they had decided to <coughs> to do it in Montreal. And I remember I answered to him just like that. Oh, I know why. It's because I had to be there. I want to be there at that conference. Okay. And that's how it, what that's a great how story. it started. And, oh, my, my, my. I said, what a great story. Just a great story. And, yes, I said, I want to be there. And actually, it's amazing because I had just started to read the Rancher book, and I was asked to be a keynote speaker, and not even thinking twice about it, I said, of course, sure, I'll be happy to. And then I was in charge of the uh, the meals, and then I was blessed to uh, to do one thing because I, I will come back to that uh, because you will see for six months prior to IC93, I did a weekly television program where on the Rancher book and on the upcoming IC93 event on television so that I think we had either a thousand or twelve hundred people at that conference. It was really nice. Every week I interviewed a different Urantia book reader or spoke about a different topic on the Urantia book and all that. So it was uh, very beautiful. And that night when he gave me the book, I got in my car, I drove home. It was about a 15, 20 minute ride, very close. So <clears throat> when I come home, when I came home, I got in the house, and I remember I sat at the counter, and I had the Urantia book in my hands, and I placed my hand, my right hand on the book, and I prayed, and I asked God, God, please guide me to open this book where you want me to open it, and I opened it in the Pentateuch, you know, the the first five papers, the Mm -hmm. Pentateuch, and so I opened it in the, in the papers of the Pentateuch, and as I started, my eyes, my human eyes, started to uh, read the first time of my life of the Urantia book, tears started to drop down my cheeks like a river. It was just like, but it was, I wasn't crying of sadness. I realized it was the language of my soul. My eyes recognized what I was reading, and I was, I was there. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! And that's all I could say. Oh my God! And I was, the tears were coming down so much that I remember pushing myself away, not pushing, but moving myself away from the book because I knew that this was a precious book and I didn't want all the tears to wet the book and damage that precious gift I had received from Marcel. You didn't look for it. What's amazing about the story is that you were, sounds to me like you were quite content. You you had your relationship with, with God and Jesus and there was no longing for something else and yet this thing was sort of given to you 
Uh, and it you seem to, to know, there. you seem to know, at least instinctively, that it was right even before you read it. I'd be curious, what was Marcel, yes. what was, do you recall what passage he read to you in the in the car? No, I don't. <laughs> it just no, sounded authentic. No, because you know. first of all, it was so new. Oh, yeah. It was so new that, like I told you, it, it was like I was hit by a, a baseball bat. You know, it was like when I heard the words he said, and from my personal personal religious experience that I had been blessed and, and gifted by Jesus, the Master himself, to experience firsthand, it was like I remember hearing him read and go, oh, my God, where can I get that book? Because it was like, it resonated just like a true north, you know, like a bell of a church. It went, bing, and I went, where can I get that book? And so I could not tell you now because, first of all, I had never heard of the book, never read, never seen, never talked about it, anything. So it was all new. But I knew that what he read... I had experience and I had to have that book. I had to know about that book and why was this and all that. To this day, Jim, I thank God and Jesus both and Mother Spirit. I thank, I thank them. Thank, I will say Jesus because it's Jesus who appeared in my room. Um, I thank Jesus that he blessed me with the personal experience of the reality of the universe before receiving the book as opposed to the opposite because I remember telling in my study group if it had been the opposite maybe I could yeah. question myself am I imagining or uh, I don't take drugs but I could make a joke and say did I smoke some really good one right. because <laughs> no it's the opposite he showed me made me Experience what did you the see? Uh, of it all. I was going to ask you, the experience that you had was what? Uh, how, how did you interpret it? Where do you think you were, and how closely was I it? I did interpret it. It was a true. I don't take drugs. I don't drink. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke and live a clean life. I. It was very, very, very clear in my mind and heart and soul. The only thing is I did not know the words to describe what I had experienced because of one, what is revealed in the Urantia book, as far as I know, is unique to the Urantia book. And so I had never seen the words, never heard of the words, never talked about the words, so I could not describe. But what I did know is that what Jesus had made me experience, and this was not the first time in my life, many other times he made me experience some very unique spiritual things. And so I always kept it to myself. So I knew it was real. But it's when I was in that limousine with Marcel and I saw that big brick and asked him and he said, oh, <coughs> it's the Urantia book. And just read, shortly read because I cut him off and uh, impolitely. But I said, oh, my God, where can I get that book? I need, I want to have that book. And so all this to say it's after when I received the book, and when I was at my house that night around 12.30, midnight 30, and I asked Jesus, I, God, I prayed God to guide me, and I started to read. I realized that it was so deep and so profound and so extraordinary, totally out of the ordinary, that I, I remember saying, God, 
I pray and ask you, please, to guide me to the person or persons to help me understand all this because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to flip and go, uh, you know, like crazy or what? not crazy, but I mean, you know, when, when you see someone flips and goes totally berserk, I don't know. I wanted to keep my equilibrium and I wanted to understand uh, the revelation correctly and so I prayed God and asked him to guide me to the right person who would help me and like Jesus says ask and you shall receive and when we ask with sincerity of heart and soul he answers and so within a short period I was driven again I was guided to this man who was known as the Dean of Quebec for the Urantia book because at the time I was told that Per quota, the Urantia book was the number one, I think, around the world or something like that. Anyway, there was a big community here. <coughs> and so his name is Pierre Routier. And I was guided to him. Again, made no effort. I was just guided to him. And I went to his house. And he was holding a uh, study group every week. And... Uh, I called him and asked him if I could join him because I had received this big book called the Rancher Book. And he said, oh, yes. And he was, uh, I always called him a priest without the, the, uh, the tunic, you know, because he was in the priesthood and then left because he met his wife, Liz, and they were so happily married. And so uh, he became my tutor. And as he became my tutor, every week I would go, have dinner with them privately at their house, uh, Pierre, Liz, and myself, and we would discuss and I would reveal to him. He became the one I would confide because I knew that he believed me. He wouldn't think I was crazy, and I would compare with what I had seen in the book and all that. And so for dinner, we would have those beautiful discussions, and then he would hold his study group with the different uh, visitors. And one of the one night, <coughs> as I was talking with him and uh, members of the group, I was telling them something I had uh, experienced as well, which I'm a bit shy to say on the radio now because it was so private and intense, but all I remember is that Leonard, the brother, he's actually the one who uh, connected me with his brother who had the television uh, program, and I was... Uh, he, his brother accepted uh, to interview me every week for six months from January to uh, the summer of IC93. And so, Leonard, when I was discussing with them about this particular uh, subject, and he went to the table, opened his book, and went, and turning, turning, turning the pages, and then stopped and said, oh, my God, she's talking about, and he started to read this. And I said, yes, and that's true, and la, 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 la. Well, and wait a so minute. you got to remember, was, Diane, a lot of people don't know what you're referring to. So be specific. What did he say that you were talking the about? The respiration of the universe. Oh, the respiration of the universe. Okay. Yes. And you and, had seen that. But if you read it, if I'm sorry? And that's what part of what you had seen when Jesus took you to heaven was this view of the respiration. Jesus didn't take me. Jesus allowed, allowed me you. to be taken to heaven. And then when he left, he said that he gave his permission. And the three wise men that I had seen only from the back, their back, they were like, 
I call them the three wise men because they had a long tunic with a hood. You know, like in a monastery, the monastery mm -hmm. uh, uh, monks who wear like a, a long robe to the floor and it has a hood. It was something oh, like that. And so I could only see them from the back. But when Jesus gave the permission that I be taken to heaven once again and be shown, they, the three of them, they turned at the same time sideways. And I remember seeing their uh, profile and they answered, they, they were like, um, almost like surprised. And then after that, they went, yes, master. It was like, you don't argue with Jesus. If Jesus says one thing, he said it, the master spoke. And so <clears throat> they turned, I saw their profile, and then, yes, master, they turned back, and I saw their back again. And then soon after, Jesus left the room, and shook, and then it happened, and I was, at the time, at the time, I did not know any word. Today, I can say I was enseraphimed, but at the time, I did not know. I could not describe, but I know what I lived and how I was enseraphimed. It was beautiful. So it, it, it was all a process, but all this to say that it was quite something. And when Leonard said that, oh, she's talking about this. And, and then Pierre was talking with another man who was part of our study group. Maybe we were, I, I would say about 10, maybe something like that. And one of them, his name was Jean-Guy. And that was like another <clears throat> man of God, like almost a priest. He could have been a priest. And they were talking, the two of them together. And then they came to me and they decided that Pierre would be my, uh, what I call my public tutor to help me read the Urantia book in public with a group where we ask questions, we discuss, and la, la, la. And Jean-Guy <laughs> would be my private tutor, and he started to come to my house every Saturday afternoon, and every Saturday for a long time until close to IC93, he would come and spend all afternoon with me until supper time, privately, one-on-one, -on -one, where he would guide me and I would read. And I had all my coded colors and my seven codes of colors to know what was most important and all this. And so I would read because I knew that uh, I wouldn't have a chance to go back and forth 20 million times of reading it. So I wanted to apply myself and Jean-Guy was very uh, solemn and very a beautiful tutor who would answer my questions and help me and, and put things, piece things together. And so it was very, very beautiful. So the two of them helped me very, very much. And when IC93 happened um, in the summer of 93, that's when uh, <clears throat> it all started. And uh, I became involved with the Urantia community, met people. Soon after, I think it was uh, within a week or not even within a week, it was uh, within, we ended the IC93 on the weekend and we left uh, for uh, Chicago because I don't know if you remember, they were holding the first um, parliament of the world's religions mm -hmm. since 18, 1893. For a hundred years, it had not been held again, except in 1893. And by happenstance, in 1993, 
just after, <clears throat> the week after the uh, IC93 uh, conference, the international conference of the Urantia book, um, I left with my partner and we went and spent the week in uh, Chicago for the Parliament of the World Religions. We were about 6,000 people from all religions, uh, the, you know, the representatives of the uh, Vatican and the Dalai Lama and all the religions. And it was an incredible event. It was wonderful. We stayed in the same complex for the whole week, 6,000 people. It was quite an experience. I still have my book. And so it started like that. And after that, I felt this call because at ICNA3, I had met a, a big community from Boulder, Colorado. So I, I felt the calling. I need to go to Boulder. So I sold my stuff, my furniture, and I moved, I moved to Boulder. Off to Boulder. This is, this is all true. And I, I, I embraced the community, loved them to pieces. And I applied for a, a work permit, and I went to Boulder and uh, made great friends there. And to this day, uh, I'm so uh, connected with them and love them all. And, and, you know, so it started like that. And then after that, we gave birth to the United Eurasia family. And then after that, Jesus guided me to do the uh, pilgrimages to the Holy Land of Jesus. For you Rancher book readers. So you're sort of like, uh, I would have to say that it sounds to me like he uh, has appointed you to be his PR <laughs> PR agent. And I say that well, with full respect because you, you've taken the ball. I mean, I'm sure that he has no doubt in your abilities to oh, get things done. Oh, it's beautiful what you just said. Yeah. It's beautiful what you just said, Jim. I to mean, me, you're going to Boulder. I've come you're, to realize. You go to, yeah, it's amazing. Yes. What a great what a great story of uh, the Arantia adventure. I realized adventure. one thing, Jim. Mm -hmm. God and Jesus do not do anything for favoritism. That's the first thing when he appeared in my room. <clears throat> I was blown away by the first realization that I was made aware, that he made me aware, is that we are all equal. Years later, and this is why I kept it secret, this is the first time this year, within the, next, uh, within the, the past uh, three, four months, that I've revealed what I'm saying now comfortably without freaking out or whatever, because over the years I kept all those things to myself. Very few people, very, very, very few people, confident people know about this in some detail. But I always wanted to make sure that I would remain stable, and it took me the time it took, and it was 32 years ago on December the 14th, 2022, and um, now I can speak calmly, and I realize that the reason why Jesus doesn't do things to waste his time, so I've come to understand that it's because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission for God for the good of all and the glory of God. And that's it. That's all. If people want to laugh at me, I don't care. If people want to say anything, it's not important. I'm all his at his service. That's it. That's all. And so this is why all these things happened to me. I never went for something. It came to me. It was 
the Urantia book came to me, was offered to me. Uh, IC93 was presented to me. When Marcel said, oh, you know, and they decided they're going to do it somehow, uh, it was decided to do it outside of the States, and uh, it was decided in Montreal. Yeah, it's because I had to be there. Those words came out of my mouth without even me thinking, because now I see the synchronicity of all that, the same as when he sent me to his holy land. I didn't know. He guided me to go there. I had never been to Israel. And for one month, minus three days, I think, um, I went there alone with him, with the master, and he guided me. And what happened was absolutely extraordinary, out of the ordinary. He guided me where to go, what to do. And again, even then, I did not know that it was because he had a plan to make me organize trips for other Urantia book readers. So when I went there, I came back. <coughs> and again, being at uh, the summer study session in Chicago, one of the summer study sessions, I was there. And that's how I uh, spoke with um, David Kulwicki. And uh, all this to say, it's a long, it's a short story, but anyway, all this to say when uh, he asked me how I was, I told him I was uh, just back a few days uh, back from uh, the Holy Land of Jesus. And uh, uh, he said, oh my God, I wish I could be there, you know, it's, and he was fixating heaven, like I saw how intense he was seriously speaking and all this. And he said, oh, my God, when I die, you know, I, I can just imagine being asked, where are you from, Urantia? <gasps> How was it in the land of the master? Mm. And I would say, oh, my God, I haven't been there. And I remember that night going to bed and praying for him and asking Jesus, oh, Jesus, I pray that David Kulicki goes to your holy land, you know, because it's so beautiful and you know, you know, you know, you know. Well, lo and behold, very soon after, Diane, it's time to go. Really? Who do you think I, is the first person I called? David. I called David Kulicki. I said, David, guess what? Jesus wants me to organize a trip. We're going. We were, what, 35 about? And, you know, like Gaetan, Charlin, Guy Perron, uh, uh, David and uh, Marilyn Kudicki and uh, Carol Weatherford, all the, the key people, Jeffrey Waddles. And we went there, and it was a blast. We loved it. And it was that's how it started. And so all these things happened because he wants me to do this for him, just like he wants uh, other people to do other things for him. And so... I realized that when Jesus and when Michael, Jesus Christ Michael, because his name is, if we look at it from the physical, mental, and spiritual level, in the physical realm, he was born as Yeshua, later named Jesus, because his name is a, uh, um, an acronym, you know, J-E-S-U-S, uh, -E Jerusalem, Edentia, Salvington, uh, Uversa and the Supreme. And so all this to say his name is Jesus. And then the mind, Christ. When you, If your mind fails, ask for the mind of Christ. And so Jesus Christ and Michael, because at the spirit level, he is a creator son, Michael. And so if we want to say his full name, it's Jesus Christ, Michael. And Jesus is as alive here and now today uh, as he... Uh, 
you know, some people tell me, no, 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 Jesus is gone. Jesus is dead. No, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus is not, is far from being dead, you know. You know. And so. <laughs> He's still calling you. <laughs> yes, he is. Exactly. Your phone is ringing and off the so, hook. What a, what a, <laughs> what does he want anyway, you to do today? But all this to say, <laughs> well, I'm what's on your next, next big project, project yeah, yeah. and you will be, uh, you will be, I, I'm not saying it now because it's between him and me, but it okay. will be beautiful. I can't wait. It will be, yes, it will be, uh, I just want, like I said to you earlier, the time is not to say it out loud now because I don't want to create a pressure on myself. I am a very sensitive, hypersensitive person. And if there's pressure, then I get nervous. I get, you know, no. Just like when he sent me to his holy land, I never knew that it was to prepare me and guide me and bring me to the places he wanted me to go with the groups in the future. Never knew. So I went there with him and it was like I enjoyed myself and felt so privileged. And, uh, it's like I had been there all my life. So I have three homes, physical, mental, spiritual. My physical home is my biological home, Montreal. Uh, mental, it's Urantia, it's uh, Boulder because we're all of like-minded Urantia book readers and then spiritual the holy land of the master and so I have three homes and but at the same time uh, he did not tell me then what was coming I would have been nervous so it all unfolds all the time as this new project that I am on the verge of starting it just happens it just happens very smoothly very beautifully very confidently and uh, it's going to be great, and so uh, I have no doubt about that. It is beautiful. Got a couple it's of questions. It's going to be beautiful, Jim. Uh, just if you uh, would mind, because of your, I don't know, just because of who you are, I thought maybe you could answer a couple of questions that I get from people who listen to the podcast, and then they have questions. Many of them are new readers, people that have been reading for a limited amount of time, so they naturally have questions. And one of them that came to me from a person who said that they try to talk to other people about the Arantia book because they're so, like you, very excited about it, like me. You know, you feel like you have discovered gold. And the natural inclination of most human beings is when you discover gold, you want to share it with other people uh, or diamonds or whatever it is, uh, the, the object of, of brilliance. And so when I started reading the book, my natural desire was to want to share it with other people because it was just so, as you said. But it, what, what ends up happening is you find that a lot of people don't even yes. want to hear it. So what's yes. your experience in that realm of sharing with others and learning how to deal with, with the antecedents of that um, and the reactions that you get from people? Anything that you could share well, with listeners about that? Yes. From my own personal experience, <coughs> wisdom has, has taught me, because it is only natural, the Urantia book is uh, a mine of gold and beyond, beyond words. It gets to a point where human words do not suffice to describe the reality of what it is. But that being said, when you discover a mine of gold, you, first of all, are... Uh, inclined 
to want to yell it on the roofs, let the world know, and you want to blah, 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 blah. That's human nature. That's normal. That's the ego, the self, not the ego like ego-centered, but I mean the self. That if I make mistakes with words, I'm sorry. It's just oh, I translate yeah, from French to to uh, from French to English, and sometimes I may make mistakes. So please feel comfortable to correct me if I made a mistake. But all this to say, that is the normal reaction of the self. The 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 individual is so happy to have discovered this treasure you know this treasure trove of of gold and 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 way beyond that we want to but wisdom has taught me that it is unwise because depending on where a person is on their path or on their progression spiritual progression it may serve good but it may also have the re counter reaction of turning people off because they're not ready for that psychologically it's almost like uh, if our upbringing and our, our societal uh, beliefs are like uh, compared to a hundred watt bulb and then the urantia book comes in your life and it's a thousand watt bulb if you try to unscrew the hundred what bulb and say oh let me just put my bulb into your socket and you'll see it blows off it the switch goes poof, and yeah. it you know it goes like this people have to be ready and i bring you back to the answer that marcel told me when i was driving in his limousine with him when i asked him <gasps> can i have a book like this please and he said yeah yeah i'll give you one when we come back uh, tonight and he said i have them in my trunk i buy them by the box and when i meet someone who is ready that i sense is ready to uh, receive it I offer them the book I don't sell it I just offer it as a book freely you receive freely give and so I offer it and this is why is that a coincidence that he was not writing in his car with me chatting about the meeting the upcoming meeting no he took out his Urantia book and silently I still see his face with that little smile on the edge of his mouth you know probably knowing if i start to read the book quietly she may be curious did he know what was coming up no did i no but when i asked what is that book and it unfolded this whole domino effect that is where i am today and so all this to say we i would suggest to people first of all to learn to acclimatize to the revelation themselves, to have it be part of them in a, a very organic way to the point that they won't slip. Because I must tell you, over the years I have met, and I'm sure you have too, at different shows or different uh, presentations, people who cert, uh, somehow uh, flipped, uh, became unbalanced if I can be polite you know they know the book but then it has an effect on them and a switch goes off and they lose their equilibrium and that is sad to see because it is a divine revelation but whatever people say but and I know whatever I speak so I don't care I'm not there to be judged and I'm not there to judge but 
what I say is I speak from personal experience. And so all this to say, I would say to the people who encounter the Urantia book, to acclimatize, to, 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 uh, it's like when you make a friend, you know, the uh, uh, Saint-Exupéry who says, it's the time you spend with your rose that makes your rose so precious. Learn to know your rose first. And then after that, move the self aside and pray and ask the Master, ask God the Father to guide you to whoever you may be able to help with the Urantia book. And if you do meet someone, to ask your thought adjuster, what would you like me to say to this person? Because you have to go by little bites. Some people will be able to take a bigger bite, smaller bite. Sometimes it's you spoon, food, uh, spoon feed them, just like a baby, you know. And there's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. There's no uh, I'm better than you or they're better than us. No, everyone is in a, on a personal progression path of spiritualizing themselves and getting to what I said at the uh, UCLA and University of uh, California in Los Angeles in 2008 when I was uh, asked to, um, to be the MC and I gave a, a speech and it was on living in our HD mode and if you remember in 2008 uh, the HD uh, uh, equipment was coming out, like yeah. screens, HD screen or television, HD. And I will always remember before leaving Montreal for uh, Los Angeles, I was at the restaurant and I saw the newspaper, uh, this big ad uh, on sale this weekend, uh, HD uh, TV, you know, with uh, whatever. And and it just occurred to me, oh, my God. So I, I cut the ad off, and I, bring, I brought it with me uh, to UCLA, and I, I showed it to the audience when I, gave my, uh, when I made my presentation. And I, I said to them, uh, generally speaking, that if we have reached the age of uh, uh, functioning with equipment that is in HD mode, you know, yeah. high-definition mode. Yeah. What about us living in our HD mode, the highest-definition <laughs> mode, which is our human divine mode? And so we know very, very well about the human side scientifically, uh, uh, Chemically, uh, medically, uh, all, all these sciences are very, very advanced on earth. But what about the divine mode? This is what Jesus came, bestowed himself on Urantia for, to, you know, bring God to man and man to God. And so we need to live in our HD mode. And so we are the precursors of, in thousands of years, people, it will be general on the planet that people will be living in their highest definition mode, which is the uh, human divine mode. And so all this to say we are all progressing individually at our speed, and this is why we must love each other as brothers and sisters and help one another. And if one is more advanced, it's not to show off or pretend they're better. It's just to, to help as long as we are in the truth. Because there's one common denominator right now on the planet, Jim, that people are hungry for since COVID. 
I don't know about you, but for me, again, Jesus has been guiding me for the past three years, and God did I ever discover a lot of things. And one of them is that around the world, whether it's China, Russia, Australia, Europa, America, Africa, everywhere, we, the people, want to know the truth. We want to know the truth politically, spiritually, financially, uh, uh, religiously, everything. There's a hunger now. People want, are searching for the truth. So as long as we speak the truth, I believe that there's going to be a hunger, a growing hunger for the truth to the point that the Urantia book is going to be uh, welcomed with open arms because it will answer many, many, many questions that people have kept silent within themselves and they will say, oh my God, this rings true. Like I say, you know, your true north inside. I use my true north when I meet people or go in circumstances or situations or places. God, Jesus, is this the truth? Shoot. If my true north, like uh, when you're in a forest, you know, you use a, uh, how do you call that, that thing? You, compass, yeah. You go in the forest. Yeah, it's called a, a compass. compass. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And so the truth to me is my compass. And when I say, is this the truth, Jesus? And if I hear, yes, it is, I continue. If it's not, no, it's, we're being duped. And so we got to be extremely careful and wise as serpents. And so this is why, uh, you know, people need to be in the truth, love and express in truth, beauty and goodness. And so uh, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful move. The hand of God, the hand of the master is moving along the horizon of the planet and uh, coordinating events, people, places, and it's just, for those who have eyes to see, it's wonderful, wonderful, and uh, it's joyful at the same time. So even, it's, if, even if it's very dark at times, uh, there's a big light, a big, big, big light. And what is the truth? The truth is the spirit of truth. And who's the spirit of truth? It's Jesus minus his body. And so the spirit of truth is there for people to grab and to say, yeah, I like that. That rings true. And this is what we want because there's a lot of dupery, a lot of uh, misleading <laughs> and yeah. untruth and very, very ever so uh, insidious, pervicious, and pernicious. And so we need to be wise as serpents, really wise as serpents, because sometimes what we think is the truth, and this is why I say we need to move the self aside and give priority to our thought adjuster, to our divine mode, being sons and daughters of God, to connect. To connect in French is beautiful because to be in communion with God in French, we say communion, come 
anion, an ion, you know, in chemistry, ion oh. is the smallest particle. And so communion means like one ion. You make one with God. And so when you're in communion, you are as one with God. And it's so, the French language is, is full of these very, very right. meaningful uh, words and so we need to connect with our divine mode and to ask to guide the, our human mode to know you know and, and it helps to prevent a lot of mistakes or wrong choices which sometimes look so alluring and so enticing and how could this I, you know sometimes I, I, I tell my study group Jim we don't need to question anymore. I wonder what it must have been like during the Lucifer Rebellion, you know, with this great being. He was this great being of light. Well, what about now? There is so much falseness and so, if it is a word, falseness. Falseness, or sure. Fal Falsity. It is a word, okay. Mm -hmm. Falsity. And there is so much that... It, it, I can understand because if you look at the battle going on right now, we're at war. It's not a battle between, uh, it's not a war between right and left or for you Americans, for Republicans against Democrats or for us in Canada, uh, the um, uh, conservators, uh, conservatives or liberals or whatever. It's not a war between right and left. It's a war between right and wrong, and that implies we, the people around the planet, and this is why the battle is going around, the war is on in everywhere. It's a spiritual battle, and that's what Jesus uh, revealed to me uh, three years ago, and this is a spiritual war. We're at, we are at a very big spiritual war, and we need to really know uh, the truth from the lie and to be wise, at least wiser than we were yesterday or the day before a few years ago so that we may uh, prevent a lot of uh, mistakes because uh, the battle is strong and it's in the high instances, it's in heaven and uh, we need help and the Urantia Revelation is here to help people but then there's a way to do it and not to pound it on their head because we may create the opposite effect and we may even lose them for years before they come back to the Urantia Revelation and to say, okay, I may be ready now to, you know. So caution. There's a... Your gold, you know, keep it to yourself and uh, ask the creator of that gold what he would like you to do with that treasure that you're holding. And it may be different from what you yourself had planned to do. And it's normal. I'm not judging. It's, it's human nature. We're so happy that we want to jump on the roof and just have a big, uh, a big horn and just yell, Oh yeah, oh yeah, listen, you know. But no, wisdom says not really, Diane. It's not the way I want you to go. Hmm. So anyway. Well, listen. Thank you so much. Uh, your words and your ideas are all very inspiring, Diane. And I knew that when I had the opportunity to talk with you again, it would be exactly as it has been, which is nothing less than uh, invigorating. And thank you very much for that. And um. You know, it's refreshing because, you know, a lot of times when you get people on, 
you know, they're selling a book or they're pushing something that they're selling. Hey, what's your website? What, how can people? And that's not what we're doing here. You, you are a person who is living life, and you have some things to share. And, uh, and you know, I, I can see why God keeps calling you. <laughs> you know, I can. Uh, <laughs> so because thank you. I answer the call. <laughs> I, I. Um, there you go. I, I pick up. I, I pick up the receptor. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick. I is you gotta it. you gotta take the call. Well, thank you. And yes. uh, so we'll, when you're ready for your new project and you're ready to share, uh, you can come back and we can talk about what you're gonna do. But in the meantime, Diane Lebrecht, thank you so much. God bless you, and I appreciate you coming by on the uh, Urantia Radio podcast. And uh, thank you. Jim. Yeah, we'll you know we'll talk soon. Okay. I wish you continued success. Continued success. I love your podcast, and uh, thank you for interviewing me. And uh, um, I feel a little bit shy, but uh, I thank you? you. I wish you the very, very well. Uh, it doesn't look like this because um, you know I've, I'm outspoken and all this, but behind all this, I've come to understand why. It's because when I was a young girl, uh, being in that large family and having uh, five brothers, uh, they were picking at us, you know, and uh, sometimes I would say things and all that and instead of being encouraged, it was being ridiculed, you know, like, yeah, 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 how do you know and all this, and this is how I've learned to keep things to myself because it was like nobody understands me or nobody believes not understands nobody yeah. believes me or or very few people believe me and so but being poked at and uh, oh yeah 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 you know and it developed this shyness this timidity is that a word in english yeah timidity sure to be timid mm-hmm. yeah, timidity timid. okay so we de- yeah we have the same word in french and it developed that timidity in me that uh i'm so sensitive and i don't want to be hurt and so uh and yet, at the same time, there's this outspoken nature in me that just loves the world and loves people and loves God and Jesus. And so I just love to talk. And I, I think you figured out that, like some people told me from my youth, Diane, God gave you the gift of the gab. So, okay. But at the <laughs> same time, I am timid. And so well, that's, this that's is... Okay. Uh, it's a good balance to have. It, so It's a great yes, balance. Exactly. To have. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm I wish stop. you the best, Jim, and to be, as they say, to be continued. Dot dot dot.
Diane Lebrecht, uh, how, what's a proper introduction to Diane Lebrecht? Because I know you're just a master of many trades. How, would you, how do you want people to know you? Diane is a lover of Jesus, and uh, she's working with and for Jesus. And she's had a career, a triple. I've been blessed to have uh, uh, been allowed to, exp- uh, to um, have three different careers. First, as a younger girl, I was a uh, high fashion designer and uh, designed collections and uh, trips to New York, uh, to the collections and blah, blah, blah. And then after that, in health field, naturopathic field, health for the body, and now I'm into spirituality full-time, health of the soul. And so I'm very happy that uh, Jesus just waited quietly, patiently. Okay, you know, you can do what your thing in fashion. And I love art and beauty. And, you know, so what a beautiful field to work in. And then after that, health has always been my uh, another passion of mine, even when I was a... Uh, in fashion design during the holidays i would i would not go on vacation to uh, uh in in that particular field but i would go in uh, different countries or wherever it would bring me to go do some research in the field of health and natural healing and all that and so uh it turned into one year i got this uh, guidance this inspiration uh, to uh, let go of the fashion world, and uh, I took a year sabbatical, and it turned over, and then uh, what was my uh, hobby became my profession, and what was my profession before became my hobby, and uh, after this, a few years of that, and successful at that too, I had many, uh, if we can say patients or clients, hundreds of uh, people I helped uh, with great results, and that made me so happy. And uh, in the meantime, I was always adding a note of spirituality here and there for whoever had an ear to hear. And so uh, it turned out that uh, now I'm into uh, serving uh, God in Jesus uh, full time. I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Everything from healthcare and how the body works, how the mind works, how people are attracted to fashion. That is well said. Yeah, yeah. And yes. so, and so, someone like you, uh, highly, highly intelligent. You've been reading the Arantia book for a long time. When did you start reading it, and what was what? Would, how did it find you? Well, that is the um, that is the. Uh, a special question for me to answer because I guess uh, God chose, he chooses his way to approach people. And so having been a Christian all my life, I'm in, uh, as you know, I live in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. And uh, Quebec is known as being a Christian. It was there all my life, every street corner. So for us, we were all in love with Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, and and so it was very easy. And I remember as a little girl when I was, uh, my God, I had just started school, I guess. It must have been, I must have been six or seven years old. And I think I told you, Jim, before that I come from a family of 12. 
And so, uh, and you will see, I'm not, uh, I'm taking this time to answer your question because you will see how it connects to now. Sure. And I remember one night uh, going to bed and being brought to heaven. And uh, it was very, very, very clear in my mind and experience. And so as a, a young little uh, girl, I, in the next morning, I got up to go for breakfast and I came downstairs and just as I couldn't wait to tell my mother, you know, I remember getting in the kitchen and uh, in those days, you know, everything was made by hand, the, the oatmeal, the, the eggs, the bacon, the coffee, everything. And so I said, mommy, 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 guess what? Last night I was taken to heaven. It was so beautiful. And she answered, I don't hold the grudge. I didn't hold the grudge against her because I realized that she was a mother of so many children and she with no, uh, no helper. She was the only one taking care of us while my father was working and she answered to me yeah 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 okay Diane okay all right just go have your breakfast because I want to make sure that you get to school on time and you know you don't miss or whatever and I went like oh my god so all this to say that it was it was quite a uh, a bummer, you know, as an answer, yeah. but she did what she had to do. And so I learned to keep it to myself. And so throughout my life, I lived um, uh, many experiences that I see Jesus, because when I mean Jesus, I always include the Father as well, because the Son and the Father are one. But the way the experiences I lived happened, they were through, with and through Jesus. And so throughout my life, many times I experienced that uh, and kept it to myself and so on and so forth. And uh, on December the 14th, 1990, I will remember for eternity. And you don't, like I tell people, if Jesus visited you, you would remember for eternity. So I remember I was in my house on the south shore of Montreal, and it was three in the morning exactly. I was sleeping, sound asleep in my house, and all of a sudden, my two eyes opened, and I was awake. And I remember the first uh, reflex I had was to turn to the left and look at my clock. You know, in those years, in 1990, we had the clocks with the red numbers, you know, lit up at night. Of course. And so I remember it was three zero zero, three o'clock sharp. And when I turned back, I saw at the foot of my bed, and this is all the truth, 100%, God is my witness. I saw uh, three at the time. I had never heard of the word Urantia. I did not know of the Urantia book. I had not done anything. And so... um, All I know is I saw at the foot of my bed on the right side, I saw three men, and the way I interpreted it in my mind, I called them the three wise men, because there was so much wisdom emanating from them. It was like, I cannot easily define it, but that's that's what I summarize the thing, the three wise men, and lo and behold... All of a sudden, to my right, the right of my bed, Jesus appeared. And it was, I was, um, how should I say, frozen in my bed. 
I was given to see and hear everything, but I could not, I did not have the control of my body, if, if you understand what I mean. I could not have moved my leg or, or uh, stretched my arm or whatever. The only thing I could do was when I woke up, I turned my head to the left, saw three o'clock, turned right back, and then... Jesus appeared. And all this to say that I'll make it short because <clears throat> it was very, 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 very profoundly personal. But let's say that Jesus allowed me to be taken to heaven again and to experience realities of the universe that, that when I came back hours later in my room, in my bed, um, I was totally, totally, totally transformed. I did not know how to, 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 to put words to what I had experienced, and uh, it went into seven phases, seven steps. And uh, all this to say, that day, I remember it was a Monday, and I was teaching, I think it was Monday, I was teaching yoga and at my house. And at supper time, when uh, one of my students um, uh, came to my house, she, I opened the door to welcome her, and she was outside at the bottom of the stairs and on the front lawn, and she looked and said, oh my God, Diane, there's a beautiful light all around you. And I felt, literally for about two or three days, I felt I was levitating. It was just Undescri indescribable or undescribable. And so <clears throat> let's move on. Months later, a few months later, naturally what I had experienced, I could not tell anyone because, first of all, I did not know the words to describe where and what and, and all that happened and how it happened and all this. And um, so I kept it again to myself, like many other experiences uh, that I had lived in uh, previously, but this remains to be the greatest of my life so far. And uh, all this to say, after a few months, one day we were going, I was going with a man to a business meeting to uh, <coughs> a celebrity, someone uh, very well known here. And so I was driving in his limousine with him, and he was sitting on the back and being driven, and I was on the uh, side seat, and I was looking at him, and uh, his name was Marcel, and I asked him, I said, uh, Marcel, what is this book? It was like this big brick. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I asked him, what is this book you're reading? It looks like a Bible, you know, an extension of a bi an extensive Bible. He said, oh, you don't know about the Arantia book. <coughs> and I said, uh, what? The you, 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 one, you what book? The Arantia book. And I said, no, never heard that. Hey, what is it all about? He said, it's about spirituality. And just because he had been reading silently as we were being driven to the meeting. And so he said, oh, listen to this. And he started to uh, read. Uh, he had the French version, mm -hmm. actually the very uh, first uh, translation that came out in French. And so... Um, I, he said, listen, and he started to read to me. Now imagine that what Jesus allowed me to experience months before 
has never left me one minute of my life. And so when he started to read and the words that came out of his mouth and it rang like it, if I had been hit by a bell on the back of my head and I went, oh my God, oh my God, where can I get this book? Where can I find this book? And he said, oh, I have them. I have uh, some in my uh, trunk. I buy them by the box, and I, when I meet someone who's uh, ready to, uh, to read it, I offer them as a gift, uh, you write a book. And I asked him, I said, oh, can I have one, please, one? He said, yeah, when we come back tonight, uh, I'll be happy to give you one. And that's how it started. So we went to the meeting, blah, blah, blah. We came back. And then I still remember the time. In what, because when those things happen in your life, you remember the minutest details. And so <coughs> I remember it was um, 12.15 at night, like 15 past midnight. And so uh, we got out of the limousine, and he has a driver to open up the trunk. And then uh, he opened his trunk and... There was a big cardboard box full of box uh, of uh, books, and then he said, "Here, Diane, here's a book for you." And I remember I received it. I took it. Uh, he po- he uh, placed it on my left hand, and then I put my right hand on it. You know, like mm-hmm. my two hands. Uh, the book was between my two hands, and I remember putting my hand on it, uh, Jim, and feeling that it was. So so precious it was so this it was not human book it was again it's hard to describe our our human language is very very limited and so all this to say 12:15 i remember i hugged him thank you so much and <clears throat> he said by the way in the limousine as we were driving he said oh and by the way, it's interesting because there's going to be a big conference uh, coming up to Montreal. It's going to be called IC93. And it's interesting because if I remember correctly, he said that it was coming to, it actually did come outside of Montreal, and that they had decided, I think it was the first international conference outside of the United States, and they had decided to to do it in Montreal. And I remember I answered to him just like that. Oh, I know why. It's because I had to be there. I want to be there at that conference. Okay. And that's how it, what that's a great how story. it started. And, oh, my, my, my. I said, what a great story. Just a great story. And, yes, I said, I want to be there. And actually, it's amazing because I had just started to read the Rancher book, and I was asked to be a keynote speaker, and not even thinking twice about it, I said, of course, sure, I'll be happy to. And then I was in charge of the uh, the meals, and then I was blessed to uh, to do one thing because I, I will come back to that uh, because you will see for six months, Prior to IC93, I did a weekly television program where on the Rancher book and on the upcoming IC93 event on television so that I think we had either 1,000 or 1,200 people at that conference. 
it was really nice. Every week I interviewed a different Urantia book reader or spoke about a different topic on the Urantia book and all that. So it was uh, very beautiful. And that night when he gave me the book, I got in my car, I drove home. It was about a 15, 20-minute ride, very close. So <clears throat> when I come home, when I came home, I got in the house, and I remember I sat at the counter, and I had the Urantia book in my hands, and I placed my hand, my right hand on the book, and I prayed, and I asked God, God, please guide me to open this book where you want me to open it, and I opened it in the Pentateuch, you know, the, the first five papers, the mm -hmm. Pentateuch, sure. and so I opened it in the, in the papers of the Pentateuch, and as I started, to, my eyes, my human eyes, started to uh, read the first time of my life, uh, the Urantia book, tears started to drop down my cheeks like a river. It was just like, but it was, I wasn't crying of sadness. I realized it was the language of my soul. My eyes recognized what I was reading, and I was, oh, I was there. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! And that's all I could say. Oh my God! And I was, the tears were coming down so much that I remember pushing myself away, not pushing, but moving myself away from the book because I knew that this was a precious book and I didn't want all the tears to wet the book and damage that precious gift I had received from Marcel. You didn't and look so, for it. The, what's amazing about the story is that you were, sounds to me like you were quite content. Me. You were you had your relationship with, with God and Jesus and there was no longing for something else and yet this thing was sort no. of given to you uh and it you seem to, to know that. you seem to know at least instinctively that it was right even before you read it i'd be curious what was marcel yes. what was do you recall what passage he read to you in the in the car no i don't it just no, sounded authentic. No, because first of all, it was so new. Oh, yeah. It was so new that, like I told you, it, it was like I was hit by a, a baseball bat. You know, it was like when I heard the words he said, and from my personal personal religious experience that I had been blessed and, and gifted by Jesus, the Master himself, to experience firsthand, it was like I remember hearing him read and go, oh my God, where can I get that book? Because it was like, it resonated just like a true north, you know, like a mm -hmm. bell of a church. It went, bing, and I went, where can I get that book? And so I could not tell you now because, first of all, I had never heard of the book, never read, never seen, never talked about it, anything. So it was all new. But I knew that what he read, I had experience and I had to have that book. I had to know about that book and why was this and all that. To this day, Jim, I thank God and Jesus both and Mother Spirit. I thank, I thank them. Thank, I will say Jesus because it's Jesus who appeared in my room. Um, I thank Jesus that he blessed me with the personal experience of the reality of the universe before receiving the book as opposed to the opposite because I remember telling in my study group if it had been the opposite, 
maybe I could yeah. question myself. Am I imagining or uh, I don't take drugs, but I could make a joke and say, did I smoke some really good wine? Right. Because <laughs> no, it's the opposite. He showed me, made me experience what did you the see? reality uh, of it all. I was going to ask you, the experience that you had was what? Uh, how, how did you interpret it? Where do you think you were and how closely was I it? I did interpret it. It was a true, I don't take drugs, I don't drink, mm-hmm. I don't smoke and live a clean life. I, it was very, very, very clear in my mind and heart and soul. The only thing is I did not know the words to describe what I had experienced because of one, what is revealed in the Urantia book, as far as I know, is unique to the Urantia book. And so I had never seen the words, never heard of the words, never talked about the words, so I could not describe. But what I did know is that what Jesus had made me experience, and this was not the first time in my life, many other times he made me experience some very unique spiritual things. And so I always kept it to myself. So I knew it was real, but it's when I was in that limousine with Marcel and I saw that big brick and asked him and he said, oh, <coughs> it's the Urantia book. And just read, shortly read because I cut him off and uh, impolitely, but I said, oh my God, where can I get that book? I need, I want to have that book. And so all this to say, it's after when I received the book and when I was at my house that night around 12.30, midnight 30, and I asked Jesus, I, God, I prayed God to guide me and I started to read. I realized that it was so deep and so profound and so extraordinary, totally out of the ordinary that I, I remember saying, God, I pray and ask you, please, to guide me to the person or persons to help me understand all this because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to flip and go, uh, you know, like crazy or what. not crazy, but I mean, you know, when, when you see someone flips and goes totally berserk, I don't know. I wanted to keep my equilibrium and I wanted to understand Uh, the revelation correctly and so I prayed God and asked him to guide me to the right person who would help me and like Jesus says ask and you shall receive and when we ask with sincerity of heart and soul he answers and so within a short period I was driven again I was guided to this man who was known as the Dean of Quebec for the Urantia book because at the time I was told that Per quota, the Urantia book was the number one, I think, around the world or something like that. Anyway, there was a big community here. <clears throat> and so his name is Pierre Routier. And I was guided to him. Again, made no effort. I was just guided to him. And I went to his house. And he was holding a uh, study group every week. And... Uh, I called him and asked him if I could join him because I had received this big book called the Urantia book. And he said, oh, yes. And he was, uh, I always called him a priest without the, the, uh, the tunic, you know, 
because he was in the priesthood and then left because he met his wife, Liz, and they were so happily married. And so uh, he became my tutor. And as he became my tutor, every week I would go have dinner with them privately at their house, uh, Pierre, Liz, and myself. And we would discuss and I would reveal to him. He became the one I would confide because I knew that he believed me. He wouldn't think I was crazy. And I would compare with what I had seen in the book and all that. And so for dinner, we would have those beautiful discussions. And then he would hold his study group with the different uh, visitors. And one of the one night, <coughs> as I was talking with him, and uh, members of the group, I was telling them something I had uh, experienced as well, which I'm a bit shy to say on the radio now because it was so private and intense. But all I remember is that Leonard, the brother, he's actually the one who uh, connected me with his brother who had the television uh, program, and I was uh, he his brother accepted uh, to interview me every week for six months from January to uh, the summer of IC93. And so, Leonard, when I was discussing with them about this particular uh, subject, and he went to the table, opened his book, and went, ding, 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 and turning, turning, turning the pages, and then stopped and said, oh my God, she's talking about, and he started to read this, and I said, yes, and that's true, and la, 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 la. Well, and wait a so minute, you got to remember, Diane, a lot of people don't know what you're referring to, so be specific, what did he say that you were talking about? The respiration about? of the universe. Oh, the respiration of the universe, okay. Yes. And you had and, seen that. But if you read it, if I'm sorry. And that's what part of what you had seen when Jesus took you to heaven was this view of the restoration. Jesus didn't take me. Jesus allowed, allowed me you. to be taken to heaven. And then when he left, he said that he gave his permission. And the three wise men that I had seen only from the back, their back, they were like, I called them the three wise men because they had a long tunic with a hood. You know, like in a monastery, the monastery mm -hmm. uh, uh, monks who wear like a, a long robe to the floor and it has a hood. It was something Gosh. like that. And so I could only see them from the back. But when Jesus gave the permission that I be taken to heaven once again and be shown, tak, 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 they, the three of them, they turned at the same time, sideways, and I remember seeing their uh, profile, and they answered, they, they were like, um, almost like surprised, and then after that they went, yes, Master. It was like, you don't argue with Jesus. If Jesus says one thing, he said it, the Master spoke. And so <clears throat> they turned, I saw their profile, and then, yes, Master, they turned back, and I saw their back again. And then soon after, Jesus left the room, and shook, and then it happened, and I was, at the time, at the time, I did not know any word. Today, I can say I was enseraphimed, but at the time, I did not know. I could not describe, but I know what I lived and how I was enseraphimed. It was beautiful. So it, it, it was all a process but all this to say that 
it was quite something. And when Leonard said that, oh, she's talking about this. And, and then Pierre was talking with another man who was part of our study group. Maybe we were, I, I would say about 10, maybe something like that. And one of them, his name was Jean-Guy. And that was like another <clears throat> man of God, like almost a priest. He could have been a priest. And they were talking, the two of them together. And then they came to me and they decided that Pierre would be my, uh, what I call my public tutor to help me read the Urantia book in public with a group where we ask questions, we discuss, and la-la-la. And Jean-Guy <laughs> would be my private tutor, and he started to come to my house every Saturday afternoon, and every Saturday for a long time until close to IC93, he would come and spend all afternoon with me until supper time, privately, one-on-one, -on -one, where he would guide me and I would read, and I had all my coded colors and my seven codes of colors to know what was most important and all this, and so I would read because I knew that uh, I wouldn't have a chance to go back and forth 20 million times of reading it. So I wanted to apply myself, and Jean-Guy was very solemn and very a beautiful tutor who would answer my questions and help me and, and put things, piece things together. And so it was very, very beautiful. So the two of them helped me very, very much. And when I see 93 happened, um, in the summer of uh, 93. That's when uh, <clears throat> it all started, and uh, I became involved with the Urantia community, met people. Soon after, I think it was uh, within a week, or not even within a week, it was uh, within... We ended the IC93 on the weekend, and we left uh, for uh, Chicago, because I don't know if you remember, they were holding the first... Um, Parliament of the World Religions mm -hmm. since 18, 1893. For a hundred years, it had not been held again, except in 1893. And by happenstance, in 1993, just after, <clears throat> the week after the uh, IC93 uh, conference, the international conference of the Urantia book, um, I left with my partner, and we went and spent the week in uh, Chicago for the Parliament of the World Religions. We were about 6,000 people from all religions, uh, the, you know, the representatives of the uh, Vatican and the Dalai Lama and all the religions. And it was an incredible event. It was wonderful. We stayed in the same complex for the whole week, 6,000 people. It was quite an experience. I still have my book. And so it started like that. And after that, I felt this call because at ICNA3, I had met a, a big community from Boulder, Colorado. So I, I felt the calling. I need to go to Boulder. So I sold my stuff, my furniture. <laughs> I, moved, I moved to Boulder. Off to Boulder. This is... This is all true, and I, I, I embraced the community, loved them to pieces, and I applied for a, a work permit, and 
I went to Boulder and uh, made great friends there. And to this day, uh, I'm so uh, connected with them and love them all. And, and, you know, so it started like that. And then after that, we gave birth to the United Eurasia family. And then after that, Jesus guided me to do the uh, pilgrimages to the Holy Land of Jesus for Eurasia book readers. So you're sort of like, uh, and then, I would have to say that it sounds to me like he... Uh, has appointed you to be his PR <laughs> PR agent. And I say that well, with full respect because you, you've taken the ball. I mean, I'm sure that he has no doubt in your abilities to oh, get things done. Oh, it's beautiful what you just said. Yeah. It's beautiful what you just said, Jim. I to mean, me, you're going to Boulder. I've come you're, to realize. To, yeah, it's amazing. Yes. What, a great, what a great story of uh, the Arantia I realized adventure. one thing, Jim. Mm-hmm. God and Jesus do not do anything for favoritism. That's the first thing when he appeared in my room, I was blown away by the first realization that I was made aware, that he made me aware, is that we are all equal. Years later, and this is why I kept it secret, this is the first time this year, within the next, uh, within the, la- the past uh, three, four months that I've revealed what I'm saying now comfortably without freaking out or whatever, because over the years I kept all those things to myself. Very few people, very, very, very few people, confident people know about this in some detail, but I always wanted to make sure that I would remain stable, and it took me the time it took, and it was 32 years ago on December the 14th, 2022, and um, now I can speak calmly, and I realize that the reason why Jesus doesn't do things to waste his time, so I've come to understand that it's because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission for God for the good of all and the glory of God. And that's it. That's all. If people want to laugh at me, I don't care. If people want to say anything, it's not important. I'm all his at his service. That's it. That's all. And so this is why all these things happened to me. I never went for something. It came to me. It was the Urantia book came to me, was offered to me. Uh, IC93 was presented to me. When Marcel said, oh, you know, and they decided they're going to do it somehow, uh, it was decided to do it outside of the States, and uh, it was decided in Montreal. Yeah, it's because I had to be there. Those words came out of my mouth without even me thinking, Mm -hmm. because now I see the synchronicity of all that, the same as when he sent me to his holy land. I didn't know. He guided me to go there. I had never been to Israel. And for one month minus three days, I think, um, I went there alone with him, with the master, and he guided me. And what happened was absolutely extraordinary, out of the ordinary. He guided me where to go, what to do. And again, even then, I did not know that it was because he had a plan to make me organize trips for other Urantia book readers. So when I went there, I came back. <coughs> and again, being at uh, the summer study session in Chicago, one of the summer study sessions, I was there. And that's how I uh, spoke with um, David Kulwicki. 
And uh, all this to say, it's a long, it's a short story. But anyway, all this to say, when uh, he asked me how I was, I told him I was uh, just back a few days uh, back from uh, the Holy Land of Jesus. And uh, uh, he said, oh, my God, I wish I could be there. You know, it's, and he was fixating heaven like I saw how intense he was seriously speaking and all this and he said oh my god when i die you know i i can just imagine being asked where are you from urantia oh how was it in the land of the master mm. and i would say oh my god i haven't been there and i remember that night going to bed and praying for him and asking jesus oh Jesus, I pray that David Kulicki goes to your holy land, you know, because it's so beautiful and you know, you know, you know, you know. Well, lo and behold, very soon after, Diane, it's time to go. Really? Who do you think I, is the first person I called? David. I called David Kulicki. I said, David, guess what? Jesus wants me to organize a trip. We're going. We were, what, 35 about? And, you know, like Gaetan, Charlin, Guy Perron, uh, uh, David and uh, Marilyn Kudicki and uh, Carol Weatherford, all the, the key people, Jeffrey Waddles. And we went there and it was a blast. We loved it. And it was, that's how it started. And so all these things happened because he wants me to do this for him, just like he wants uh, other people to do other things for him. And so I realized that when Jesus and when Michael, Jesus Christ Michael, because his name is, if we look at it from the physical, mental, and spiritual level, in the physical realm, he was born as Yeshua, later named Jesus, because his name is a, uh, um, an acronym, you know, G, uh, J-E-S-U-S, Jerusalem, Edentia, Salvington, uh, Uversa, and the Supreme. And so all this to say his name is Jesus, and then the mind, Christ. When If your mind fails, ask for the mind of Christ. And so Jesus Christ and Michael, because at the spirit level, he is a creator son, Michael. And so if we want to say his full name, it's Jesus Christ, Michael, and Jesus is as alive here and now today uh, as he, uh, you know, some people tell me, no, 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 Jesus is gone. Jesus is dead. No, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus is not, is far from being dead, you know. You know. And so. <laughs> He's still calling you. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> exactly. Your phone is ringing and off the hook. So, what a, what a, <laughs> what does he want anyway, you to do today? But all this to say. <laughs> Or well, I'm what's on your next, next project, project yeah, yeah. and you will be, uh, you will be, I, I'm not saying it now because it's between him and me, but it okay. will be beautiful. I can't wait. It will be, yes, it will be, uh, I just want, like I said to you earlier, the time is not to say it out loud now because I don't want to create a pressure on myself. I am a very sensitive, hypersensitive person, and if there's pressure, then I get nervous, I get, you know, no. Just like when he sent me to his holy land, 
I never knew that it was to prepare me and guide me and bring me to the places he wanted me to go with the groups in the future. Never knew. So I went there with him, and it was like I enjoyed myself and felt so privileged. And, uh, it's like I had been there all my life. So I have three homes, physical, mental, spiritual. My physical home is my biological home, Montreal. Uh, mental, it's Urantia, it's uh, Boulder, because we all of like-minded Urantia book readers. And then spiritual, the holy land of the master. And so I have three homes. And But at the same time, uh, he did not tell me then what was coming. I would have been nervous. So it all unfolds all the time as this new project that I am on the verge of starting. It just happens. It just happened very smoothly, very beautifully, very confidently. And... Uh, it's going to be great, and so uh, I have no doubt about that. It is beautiful. Got a couple it's of questions. It's going to be beautiful, Jim. Uh, just if you uh, would mind, because of your, I don't know, just because of who you are, I thought maybe you could answer a couple of questions that I get from people who listen to the podcast, and then they have questions. Many of them are new readers, people that have been reading for a limited amount of time, so they naturally have questions. And one of them that came to me from a person who said that they try to talk to other people about the Arantia book because they're so, like you, very excited about it, like me. You know, you feel like you have discovered gold. And the natural inclination of most human beings is when you discover gold, you want to share it with other people uh, or diamonds or whatever it is, uh, the, the object of, of brilliance. And so when I started reading the book, my natural desire was to want to share it with other people because it was just so, as you said. But it, what, what ends up happening is you find that a lot of people don't even yes. want to hear it. So what's yes. your experience in that realm of sharing with others and learning how to deal with, with the antecedents of that um, and the reactions that you get from people? Anything that you could share well, with listeners about that? Yes, from my own personal experience, <coughs> wisdom has, has taught me, because it is only natural, the Urantia book is uh, a mine of gold and beyond, beyond words. It gets to a point where human words do not suffice to describe the reality of what it is. But that being said, when you discover a mine of gold, you, first of all, are... Uh, inclined to want to yell it on the roofs, let the world know, and you want to blah, 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 blah. That's human nature. That's normal. That's the ego, the self, not the ego like ego-centered, but I mean the self, that if I make mistakes with words, I'm sorry, it's just no, I translate no, from French to... To, uh, from French to English, and sometimes I may make mistakes, so please feel comfortable to correct me if I made a mistake. But all this to say, that is the normal reaction of the self. The, the, the individual is so happy to have discovered this treasure, you know, this treasure trove of, of gold and, and, and way beyond that we want to. But wisdom has taught me that it is unwise because depending on where a person is on their path or on their progression, spiritual progression, 
it may serve good, but it may also have the re- counter-reaction of turning people off because they're not ready for that. Psychologically, it's almost like uh, if our upbringing and our, our societal uh, beliefs are like uh, compared to a 100-watt bulb, and then the Urantia book comes in your life, and it's a 1,000-watt bulb. If you try to unscrew the 100 what bulb and say oh let me just put my bulb into your socket and you'll see it blows off it the switch goes and it you know it goes like this people have to be ready and i bring you back to the answer that marcel told me when i was driving in his limousine with him when i asked him can i have a book like this please and he said yeah yeah i'll give you one when we come back uh, tonight and he said i have them in my trunk i buy them by the box and when i meet someone who is ready that i sense is ready to uh, receive it i offer them the book i don't sell it i just offer it as a book freely you receive freely give and so i offer it and this is why is that a coincidence that he was not riding in his car with me chatting about the meeting the upcoming meeting no he took out his urantia book and silently i still see his face with that little smile on the edge of his mouth you know probably knowing if i start to read the book quietly she may be curious did he know what was coming up no did i no but when i asked what is that book and it unfolded this whole domino effect that is where I am today. And so all this to say, we, I would suggest to people, first of all, to learn to acclimatize to the revelation themselves, to have it be part of them in a, a very organic way to the point that they won't flip. Because I must tell you, over the years I have met, and I'm sure you have too, at different shows or different uh, presentations, people who uh, somehow uh, flipped, uh, became unbalanced, if I can be polite. You know, they know the book, but then it has an effect on them, and a switch goes off, and they lose their equilibrium. And that is sad to see, because it is a divine revelation, but whatever people say. But... And I know whatever I speak, so I don't care. I'm not there to be judged, and I'm not there to judge. But what I say is I speak from personal experience. And so all this to say, I would say to the people who encounter the Urantia book, to acclimatize, to, 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 uh, it's like when you make a friend, you know, the uh, uh, Saint-Exupéry, who says it's the time you spend with your rose that makes your rose so precious. Learn to know your rose first. And then after that, move the self aside and pray and ask the Master, ask God the Father to guide you to whoever you may be able to help with the Urantia book. And if you do meet someone, to ask your thought adjuster, what would you like me to say to this person? Because you have to go by little bites. Some people will be able to take a bigger bite, smaller bite. Sometimes it's you spoon, food, uh, spoon feed them, just like a baby, you know. And 
There's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. There's no uh, I'm better than you or they're better than us. No, everyone is in a, on a personal progression path of spiritualizing themselves and getting to what I said at the uh, UCLA and University of uh, California in Los Angeles in 2008 when I was uh, asked to, um, to be the MC and I gave a, a speech and it was on living in our HD mode. And if you remember in 2008, uh, the HD uh, uh, equipment was coming out, like yeah. screens, HD screen or television, HD. And I will always remember before leaving Montreal for uh, Los Angeles, I was at the restaurant and I saw the newspaper, uh, this big ad uh, on sale this weekend, uh, HD uh, TV, you know, with uh, whatever. And and it just occurred to me, oh, my God. So I, I cut the ad off. Off and I bring, I brought it with me uh, to UCLA, and I, I showed it to the audience when I gave my uh, when I made my presentation, and I I said to them, uh, generally speaking, that if we have reached the age of uh, uh, functioning with equipment that is in HD mode, you know, yeah. high definition mode, yeah. what about us? living in our HD mode, the highest definition mode, which is our human divine mode. And so we know very, very well about the human side, scientifically, uh, uh, chemically, uh, medically, uh, all the sciences are very, very advanced on earth. But what about the divine mode? This is what Jesus came, bestowed himself on Urantia for, to, you know, bring God to man and man to God. And so we need to live in our HD mode. And so we are the precursors of, in thousands of years, people, it will be general on the planet that people will be living in their highest definition mode, which is the uh, human divine mode. And so all this to say, we are all progressing individually at our speed, and this is why we must love each other as brothers and sisters and help one another. And if one is more advanced, it's not to show off or pretend they're better. It's just to, to help as long as we are in the truth. Because there's one common denominator right now on the planet, Jim, that people are hungry for since covid I don't know about you, but for me, again, Jesus has been guiding me for the past three years, and God did I ever discover a lot of things. And one of them is that around the world, whether it's China, Russia, Australia, Europa, America, Africa, everywhere, we, the people, want to know the truth. We want to know the truth politically, spiritually, financially, uh, uh, religiously, everything. There's a hunger now. People want, are searching for the truth. So as long as we speak the truth, I believe that there's going to be a hunger a growing hunger for the truth to the point that the Urantia book is going to be uh, welcomed with open arms 
because it will answer many, many, many questions that people have kept silent within themselves, and they will say, oh, my God, this rings true. Like I say, you know, your true north inside. I use my true north when I meet people or go in circumstances or situations or places. God, Jesus, is this the truth? Shoo. If my true north, like uh, when you're in a forest, you know, you use a, uh, how do you call that, that thing? Compass, you, yeah. You go in the forest. Yeah, it's called a, a compass. compass. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And so the truth to me is my compass. And when I say, is this the truth, Jesus? And if I hear, yes, it is, I continue. If it's not, no, it's, we're being duped. And so we got to be extremely careful and wise as serpents. And so this is why, uh, you know, people need to be in the truth, love and express in truth, beauty and goodness. And so uh, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful move. The hand of God, the hand of the master is moving along the horizon of the planet and uh, coordinating events, people, places, and it's just, for those who have eyes to see, it's wonderful, wonderful, and uh, it's joyful at the same time. So even, it's, if, even if it's very dark at times, uh, there's a big light, a big, big, big light. And what is the truth? The truth is the spirit of truth. And who's the spirit of truth? It's Jesus minus his body. And so the spirit of truth is there for people to grab and to say, yeah, I like that. That rings true. And this is what we want because there's a lot of dupery, a lot of uh, misleading <laughs> and yeah. untruth and very, very ever so uh, insidious, pervicious and pernicious. And so we need to be wise as serpents, really wise as serpents, because sometimes what we think is the truth, and this is why I say we need to move the self aside and give priority to our thought adjuster, to our divine mode, being sons and daughters of God, to connect. To connect in French is beautiful because to be in communion with God in French, we say communion, comme union, an ion, you know, in chemistry, ion is the smallest particle. And so communion means like one ion, you make one with God. And so when you're in communion, you are as one with God. And it's so, the French language is is full of these very, very meaningful uh, words. And so we need to connect with our divine mode and to ask, to guide the, our human mode to know, you know, and, and it helps to prevent a lot of mistakes or wrong choices, which sometimes look so alluring and so enticing. And how could this, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I tell my study group, Jim, we don't need to question anymore. I wonder what it must have been like during the Lucifer Rebellion, you know, with this great being. He was this great being of light. Well, what about now? There is so much falseness, and so if it is a word, falseness. Falseness, or sure. Fal- Falsity. It is a word, okay. Mm-hmm. Falsity. And there is so much that 
it, it, I can understand because if you look at the battle going on right now, we're at war. It's not a battle between, uh, it's not a war between right and left or for you Americans, for Republicans against Democrats or for us in Canada, uh, the um, uh, conservators, uh, conservatives or liberals or whatever. It's not a war between right and left. It's a war between right and wrong, and that implies we, the people around the planet, and this is why the battle is going around, the war is on in everywhere. It's a spiritual battle, and that's what Jesus uh, revealed to me uh, three years ago, and this is a spiritual war. We're at, we are at a very big spiritual war, and we need to really know uh, the truth from the lie and to be wise, at least wiser than we were yesterday or the day before, a few years ago, so that we may uh, prevent a lot of uh, mistakes because uh, the battle is strong. And it's in the high instances, it's in heaven, and uh, we need help. And the Urantia Revelation is here to help people, but then there's a way to do it and not to pound it on their head because we may create the opposite effect and we may even lose them for years before they come back to the Urantia Revelation and to say, okay, I may be ready now to, you know, so caution there's uh your gold you know keep it to yourself and uh, ask the creator of that gold what he would like you to do with that treasure that you're holding and it may be different from what you yourself had planned to do and it's normal i'm not judging it's it's human nature we're so happy that we want to jump on the roof and just have a big uh, a big horn and just yell Oh yeah, oh yeah, listen, you know. But no. Wisdom says, not really, Diane. It's not the way I want you to go. Hmm. So, anyway. Well, listen, thank you so much. Uh, your words and your ideas are all very inspiring, Diane. And I knew that when I had the opportunity to talk with you again, it would be exactly as it has been, which is nothing less than uh, invigorating. And thank you very much for that. And, um, you know, it's refreshing because, you know, a lot of times when you get people on, you know, they're selling a book or they're pushing something that they're selling. Hey, what's your website? What, how can people? And that's not what we're doing here. You you are a person who is living life and you have some things to share. And, uh, and you know, I, I can see why God keeps calling you. <laughs> you know, I can. <laughs> so because I answer the call. I, I, um, there you go. I, I pick up, I, I pick up the receptor. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick I is you gotta, it. you gotta take the call. Well, thank you. And, yes. uh, so we'll, when you're ready for your new project and you're ready to share, uh, you can come back and we can talk about what you're going to do. But in the meantime, Diane Lebrecht, Thank you so much. God bless you, and I appreciate you coming by on the uh, Your Rancher Radio podcast. And uh, thank you. Jim. Yeah, we'll, you know we'll talk soon. Okay. I wish you continued success. Continued success. I love your podcast, and uh, thank you for interviewing me. And uh, um, I feel a little bit shy, but uh, <laughs> I thank you? you. I wish you the very, very 
Well, it doesn't look like this because, um, you know, I've, I'm outspoken and all this. But behind all this, I've come to understand why. It's because when I was a young girl, uh, being in that large family and having uh, five brothers, uh, they were picking at us, you know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I would say things and all that. And instead of being encouraged, it was being ridiculed, you know, like, yeah, 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 how do you know and all this. And this is how I've learned to keep things to myself because it was like nobody understands me or nobody believes, not understands, nobody yeah. believes me or, or very few people believe me. And so, but being poked at and uh, oh, yeah, 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 you know, and it developed this shyness, this timidity. Is that a word in English? Yeah, timidity, sure. To be timid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, timidity, timid. okay. So we de- yeah, we have the same word in French. And it developed that timidity in me that uh, I'm so sensitive and I don't want to be hurt. And so, uh, and yet at the same time, there's this outspoken nature in me that just loves the world and loves people and loves God and Jesus. And so I just love to talk. And I, I think you figured out that, like some people told me from my youth, Diane, God gave you the gift of the gab. So, okay. But at the same time, I am timid. And so well, that's, this that's is... Okay. Uh, it's a good balance to have. It, so It's a great yes, balance. Exactly. To have. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm I wish stop. you the best, Jim. And to be, as they say, to be continued, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs>